and Luke. Who are you? Uh, okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witchbuster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Uh, it is finally here, Wolf, after five months and four days, but who's counting? It is the Wolf and Luke Show on a Wednesday morning live from the Auction Community Studios, and we finally have Phoenix Suns basketball. Wolf, how's it going over there? It's going well, Luke. Redemption draws nigh, does it not? Finally. Apparently, uh, the Phoenix Suns are getting ready to tip off their season tonight, and I can tell you right now, you can feel it, can't you, man? It is the juice yeah. all over the city right now. The Phoenix Suns getting ready. I don't know what you're going to call it. You might want to call it the the Redemption Tour. You might want to call it the Revenge Tour. Whatever it is that you want to call it, that's fine. Just know that this is going to be good when they tip it off tonight. It's so fitting that it is against the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah. And, and I know some of the players are playing it down. Probably the right thing to do. Even Devin Booker yesterday was like, hey, it's one of 82 games. Maybe when we play them later in the season or if we play them in the playoffs, it'll be a vengeance thing. I get that. Uh, Cam Johnson, though, a little bit closer to how I feel. No. No, I think uh, we kind of had that feeling when we played Milwaukee here. The first time I played Milwaukee last year, I remember it was like a little vindication. Um, but it's added, added fuel to the fire. As competitors, man, we do everything to get fuel to the fire. Um, and, and, and that provides us plenty. Well, there you go. Yeah, you know, once again, uh, be internally motivated, Basin Onions. Always be internally motivated, and you'll never quit, ever, under any circumstances. But there's nothing wrong with looking at this game and being hyper-focused on this game. And as a competitor, as Cam just said, internalizing the external motivation that actually comes with this as well. Wait, internalizing the external motivation. Exactly right. right. You know what? Be internally motivated all the time. Because then it doesn't matter who you play, Luke. It doesn't matter. Good team, bad team. What's the team? What are the examples you used yesterday talking about? You know what? Hey, listen, we could be playing the, the, oh, the Orlando Magic. You could be playing Orlando and everybody would be like, oh, good. I guess basketball season's starting tonight. You're playing the Magic. Although even Orlando has Paolo now. I don't know. If you were playing. You also use Sacramento. Sa- well, Sacramento's you also always Sacramento. the Yeah, Sacramento. Yeah. The Sac of Tomatoes, as Paul Galvisi likes to say. Okay, listen. To me, again, that's what you want. Yeah, you want guys who are internally motivated. So they don't need external motivation to go do it. But man, there's nothing wrong with grasping the moment and internalizing that moment. Here's uh, more from Cam, specifically on Dallas. Yeah, and, and I bet you it was the same way for them last year. I bet you it was the same way for them in the playoffs, and I bet you they're feeling the same way coming into tomorrow. Um, and, and, and that's that. You know, we'll go in. It's opening night. Everybody's going to be playing hard. Everybody's going to be on 10. Everybody's going to be locked in. Um, but we're going to use whatever we can pull from to add that, that chip on our shoulder, that fuel to the fire. The fact that it's at home, too, right? The scene of the crime for Game 7 last year. The Suns at yes. home get Dallas. It would still be a big deal. We'd obviously all still be watching if it was in Dallas tonight. But the fact that it's at home at the Footprint Center against Luka and the Mavericks. Somehow, someway, I think Adam Silver in the league had something to do with <laughs> what? that. I'm just saying, somehow, someway, the scene of the crime. I like the way you put it right there, metaphorically speaking, of course. Just the fact that that game, what is going on? Who are these people that are out there on the floor for the Phoenix Suns? Who are they? 
after we saw a team all season long saw a team bond and the culture was who they were period and suddenly they looked like imposters and they they totally understood that as well after the, some of the comments that we got something happened inside that locker room and we all remember it because they look totally different well this is what's great about sports right this is your your chance tonight at a little bit of redemption even if it wasn't Dallas just the start of a new season you can put what was a very weird off season behind you you can start to put the way last season ended behind you I mean you can talk about it all you want or ignore it all you want in the off season but you really can't do anything about it until you get back out there on the floor and not like beating Dallas tonight, if you do that, is going to undo what happened in games six and seven against them in the playoffs last year. But it's at least the start of a new season, and you want to start it off on the right foot. And there's questions about this team. There really is. I mean, it's it's not the exact same team we saw for the majority of last season. It's not the same team we saw walk off the floor looking as dazed as the rest of us on May 15th, but the the core pieces are there. Yeah, you know, it's very similar to the Arizona Cardinals once again and how the Cardinals finished their season. Everybody was looking at how they were going to start this season, right? Especially on the offensive side of the ball, and we all know how that has gone. The same thing, I think, is going going to apply to the Phoenix Suns to a large degree. How are they going to come out? And here it is, the Dallas Mavericks of all teams once again. The Mavericks, where suddenly imposters, or those that seem to be imposters, took the floor for the Phoenix Suns and got whipped in a very uncharacteristic like fashion in Game 7. And I would even go back to Game 6 and say something was untoward in that game as well. The way that they looked. Um, and they fell apart suddenly. Uh, they're going to have to prove it, just like the Cardinals have got to prove it as well going forward. They're going to have to prove it, that they're not the team that collapsed. This is uh, Mikael Bridges yesterday on with Burns and Gambo. Just the feeling around the team with opening night at home tonight. We're excited, man. So excited. Um, there's always that feeling coming back in that first game. And we've been grateful to have you know home games as our first games passed. I think every year since I've been in the league, um, it's amazing, man. We're so fired up. Like, just you have that itch. You know, you've been waiting all summer, especially kind of the way we went out. It, you had to wear that all year, all summer, until the first game, until the season come back. And it's finally here tomorrow. And um, literally, we're all excited. I can tell you that. That right there is just beautiful. It's Mikael Bridges. You can hear it in his voice, yeah. first of all. You can no, hear like it in ready. his voice. And this is exactly what I'm talking about. You know, we had to wear it. You heard him say that. We had to wear it all summer. Oh, man, the accountability with it. You did. You had to wear it. That means own it. And, and when you acknowledge that, that you had to wear that, you had to own that, and we can't wait. We can't wait to get out there, especially because of how we finished last season. Man, that's, that is a beautiful thing because what you're doing is you're telling the truth. And you have to tell the truth. That's the only way. That's the only way you can overcome what it is that, that confronts you. Any obstacle that confronts you, you have to acknowledge it first, tell the truth, and then you can get on top of it and whip it. Man, you know, um, own it. Wear it. It's a good barometer, too, because this is a team that the Suns have basically owned for the last, what, three years, four years, other than when it mattered most in the playoffs. Yeah. So if you go out there, look, if the Suns go out there and lose by like 18 to Dallas tonight, 
It's one game out of 82. But aren't we all going to kind of be like, okay, what's going on here? <laughs> like, what, what, what's happening? Why is? But if they go out there and just control this game and look like the team that we have seen for basically 98% of the last two seasons, you're going to feel a lot better about this upcoming season for the Suns. And I would argue this city right now needs a team to feel good about and get excited about. Yeah, you know, once again, um, go out and play well. Go out and play well and let the chips fall where they may. You, you can't go out and will yourself to a victory. You can't do it. If you could do that, Basinonians, why aren't you doing it every game? Because the other team's doing it too. Okay, thank you. I'm just saying, if you could will yourself to victory, you love to hear a lot of man. If you could just will yourself to win. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, it's not that easy. You know why? Because the other dude is doing the same thing. So whatever it is you're trying to do at work right now, imagine if there was somebody trying to keep you from doing it. <laughs> I don't care what it is, Luke. You want to start typing on the keyboard? Bang, 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 bang. What if somebody's banging on the keyboard as you're trying it to bang It actually feels on like that today. Can you imagine? Okay, I'm just saying. So once again, uh, go out and play. be ready to play ball out. Look like the Phoenix Suns playing basketball. And then let the chips fall where they may. I mean, I do work with Jarrett Carlin, so I feel like I have sort of a sense of what you're talking about over there. Here's uh, Monty Williams. Do you get more excited for a game like this against Dallas? I would imagine I do. I I don't really gauge it. It's hard for me to do that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm looking in the mirror and say, are you excited today, Mon? I don't, I don't, but I would imagine, yeah. I mean, I I have the butterflies and the angst, um, the nerves, all that stuff. I just don't do a really good job of gauging it, but when I do, I'll let you know. No, I'm kind of disappointed. I was hoping Monty Williams would look at himself in the mirror before a game and be like, are you excited today? Yes, you are. There you go. I think it was kind of tongue-in-cheek on yeah, that one. That's just I, like, I like the sarcasm to start the season. You know, <laughs> I know you love sarcasm. Feel good about this year now. Despise All right. sarcasm. We are giving you the chance to win tickets <laughs> to see undefeated international superstar Jake Paul as he takes on legendary UFC champion Anderson Silva at Desert Diamond Arena on Saturday, October 29th. Head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win. When we come back, what should the Cardinals be expecting from the Saints tomorrow? We're going to go behind enemy lines and talk to senior writer for OrleansSaints.com. John Deshaies here next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, Wolf and Luke. This is Behind Enemy Lines. Gathering intel on this week's Cardinals opponent from inside enemy base camp. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Your retirement is on the clock. Execute your game plan today by visiting CanvasAnnuity.com. Well, it feels like we had like a day to talk about that uh, Cardinals loss to the Seahawks. And you know what, Wolf, honestly, that's about all I needed on that one because we have the quick turnaround taking on the Saints tomorrow, the Cardinals are, and we haven't even really got to talk about New Orleans all that much. So joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line is the senior writer for NewOrleansSaints.com, John Deshazier. John, thank you for the time. How's it going? It is going, uh, well, I'd say very well if the Saints were a little bit better, but it's going pretty well. Well, I guess let's let's start there. We've been talking pretty much every matchup this season the Cardinals have had. When we look at the injury report, they're the very injured team, and the other team has like two or three guys that are just taking like a veteran's day off. Not this week. You guys are just as beat up, if not more so, than the Cardinals. Who's Who's even playing quarterback tomorrow? Do we know? Uh, well, more likely it's going to be Andy Dalton. Uh, that'll be four straight starts for him. Uh, he's been pretty good, actually. Uh, not now 
great, great numbers, but but the main thing the Saints have won from the quarterback is you know don't turn it over, give you a chance, you know, give your team a chance to win it uh, and to be in the game. And he, you know, the, the offensive turnovers have plummeted with him at at you know at, at quarterback. And you know what the Saints have been doing the last couple of weeks is they kind of leaned into the run game and and they controlled the clock and those kinds of things. And so you know it seems to be a pretty good recipe for them with with Andy Dalton at quarterback. So, John, when Jameis Winston comes back, um, is there going to be a quarterback controversy? Uh, that's a good question. I, I don't think it is. I mean, but I guess we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Uh, he's just not been healthy enough to play these weeks, and so it's allowed Dalton to get out there. And the offenses look really good at times, even in the pass game. Like I, like I said, not great numbers, but, but look pretty good in the pass game. But, you know, we'll find out exactly what the plan is when Jameis Winston is healthy enough to go. Um, when you talked about, you know, four fractured vertebrae and then an ankle injury on top of it, um, you know, the ankle injury – prevents him from really protecting himself when he wants to wants to run out of the pocket and scramble because he's you know the mobility in there and if you're talking about four fractured vertebrae in the back uh, that's gotta hurt everything you do uh, in life Mm -hmm. and so you know taking tackles on a football field certainly can't feel good but you know i would imagine they hope that those have healed up to the point where you know this will be a discussion next weekend we're talking to John Deshazier, the senior writer for NewOrleansSaints.com. Uh, John, sticking with the injury theme, if you look at the Saints receivers, Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas, questionable, Chris Alave, hurt, where are they expected to turn at that position? Well, it looks like Alave is going to be back. Uh, he was in concussion protocol. He cleared everything. He wasn't even on the injury report earlier this week. So looks like he'll be back, and, and that's huge because he leads the receiving core, 25 catches, 300, uh, um, 398 yards, and a couple of touchdowns. So it'll be huge to get him back. But still, if you don't have Michael Thomas, that is significant. If you don't have Jarvis Landry, that's significant. And so you know, even if you – even if Alave is back, do you lean into the passing game if you're the Saints and try to you know get your yards that way? And I just don't know if if they feel comfortable with that with the receiving core that they have, and especially you know you're on a short week, you're going on the road. You know if you can if, if you can run it successfully, and if you can control the clock that way, you probably do it. But at least this week, uh, having Chris Alave back with that receiving core gives you a guy who plays like a number one receiver, who plays really, really well, even though he's a rookie. And so you get that threat back. Andy Dalton has needed it because you know, there's only so many things you can do with the receivers that he had last week. And look, those guys are gamers. They played the majority of last season, that being Traquan Smith and Marquez Calloway. Uh, but you need Chris Olave. You need that kind of threat that he poses. Uh, he is a really good deep receiver. He's a good guy in the intermediate game. And he has commanded the kind of respect that generally is reserved for veteran receivers already as a rookie because guys back off him. Uh, they don't want to get up on top of him and have him run past him. And so, you know, that gives you some easy looks, and there weren't a lot of easy looks last week. You know, DeAndre Hopkins, of course, uh, looks like he's going to be coming back and playing tomorrow night, and that makes me think immediately of Marshawn Latimer and his health right now. What can you tell us about that, Dennis? Yeah, he, he looks like he's not going to be a goal. Uh, that abdomen injury that he suffered against Seattle late in the game uh, has really been significant. So if, if he can't go, uh, you know, it'll be Bradley Roby and, and Paulson Debo starting at corners again. And look, it, even if DeAndre Hopkins, uh, look, he's going to have fresh legs. And I know everybody's saying, yeah, he's missed six games. He knows the offense. Yeah, That's a different offense when he's on the field. And, 
you know, he's just one of those dudes who is, you know, he's a bad mofo. I mean, you put him on the field and he's a difference maker. And all of a sudden, an offense that might be struggling because of the attention he commands and because of what he does when the ball gets in his hands, my goodness, he can make a world of difference. So, you know, I know the Saints and myself personally wish his, wish his suspension to last another week because, man, he, you know, him coming back is at the absolute worst time for the Saints with no Marshawn Lattimore. Well, we're talking to John DeShazier. Uh, John, it is probably about six weeks too late right now, it feels like, for the Cardinals. So uh, people here are flipping out, and you can understand why if you've watched these first six games, three, four, maybe even five of them haven't looked very good. What's the perception of the Cardinals from from a different, from an outside view of, of going up against this team? Do you see a 2-4 and four team that's dangerous? Do you see a 2-4 and four team that is an absolute mess right now? Well, you see a two and fourteen that's dangerous because you know this is the NFL man, and, and all these dudes are pros, and all these good dudes have pride, and you know it takes one week for them to flip the switch and score thirty five or forty two on you, and so you know you look at the Cardinals and you say you know it uh, hadn't looked all that smooth and hadn't been all that good. Kyler Murray is the kind of quarterback who doesn't just give everybody problems, but he can give the Saints really big problems because he's mobile. He gets out of the pocket. He gets loose. You know, if he's in the zone read game, then that hurts. I mean, he is just an issue to deal with from his ability to keep plays alive, and that allows receivers a little bit more time to get open. You, know, you hate to see him running around in the open field because, you know, you know he can take it to the house. I mean, and the Saints have had trouble with mobile quarterbacks this season. I mean, you know, going back to week one, Marcus Mariota, going to uh, Geno Smith with Seattle, uh, Joe Burrow got loose against him a few times, and these guys are not the runners that Kyler Murray is. Uh, I don't know if they're necessarily the quarterback that Kyler Murray is. And so you put him on the field and you give him DeAndre Hopkins back and that changes the dynamic tremendously. So you look at that two and five, two and four, if you're the Saints, and it's just not the kind of two and four that you'd like to see. I know they've struggled, but when you put those two guys on the field together, all of a sudden it can flip and be a totally different situation for them. So that's a very, very dangerous two and four Cardinals team that the Saints will be seeing. So, John, I wanted to ask you a question about Dennis Allen, of course, and that's why I called you Dennis. <laughs> My apology, Johnny. But talk to me about Dennis Allen and the job he's doing. You know, he, he's he's remained calm, which is good. You know, you want your leader to remain calm. Uh, Saints are two and four, not not where they want to be, of course. And then you look at it, and they've had you know three losses in one score games, and and they've had you know a truckload of injuries. And and you hate to this is the NFL. Nobody gives a rat's behind if you got people hurt. <laughs> it just is what it is. That's the business. Guys get hurt. Um, but if you look at the Saints and you say, you know. Those three losses, if they're just a little bit cleaner in this area, if they tackle better against Cincinnati, they win that game. If they play a little bit better uh, defensively against Minnesota down the stretch, they can win that game. Mm-hmm. You know, if they can score anything against against uh, Tampa Bay, they win that game. And so you look at it and you say, you know, it's, it, it doesn't feel that far away. And then the division leaders are 3-3, three and three, so they're one game behind. But, you know, it gets late early 
in the NFL. I mean, you got to start winning. You can't just say, well, we're close, we're close, we're close. You know, you got to start winning. I think you've done a really good job of staying even keeled. Now, hopefully that will pay off for him, uh, that attitude with his team not panicking, not not beginning to point fingers. And hopefully it will pay off you know, at some point with some of these guys getting back. I think Michael Thomas is pretty close to getting back. I think Jarvis Landry is pretty close to getting back. Marshawn Lattimore, we don't necessarily know with him how significant that injury is. But if you can get those two receivers, back, the offense changes immediately for whoever is the quarterback. So, you, you know, you, you need a little bit of a return to health, but as much as anything, you need a leader who's even keeled about and who's not panicking himself, and therefore his team won't panic. Okay, Johnny, this is critical right here. Best Cajun in New Orleans. Best Cajun. Where do I go? Best Cajun food? Yeah. Who? Um, <laughs> Toughest question. I like, and I'm, my wife's going to kill me now because I can't remember the name of the place. <laughs> and she always wants to go there. <laughs> um, God, what's the name of that place? That's all right, buddy. Oh, you, I can picture it in my mind, and I like it myself. And now I can't think of the name. And I'm so embarrassed about that. I, I, I should have anticipated this question. Buddy, that's okay, because... man. I, it's my favorite food on the face of the planet. Thank you. We really appreciate it, John. Thanks, John. <laughs> yeah, thanks for everything but the food, huh? Yeah, right. I appreciate you guys having me. Thank right, you. Buddy. That's John DeShazier, senior writer for NewOrleansSaints.com, joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. I did want to ask him, but we ran out of time, Wolf, if they would have any interest in just letting Will Lutz Kick for both teams. I see. Could we just have like an all-time kicker? Thank you. I, that'd be. I would. I would. I would welcome that at this point. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. When we come back. Who are the top five teams in the NFL heading into Week Seven? We're going to tell you ours in our NFL Power Poll. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on, on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Who is the best in the NFL? Wolf and Luke's NFL Power 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 Power. power, power. Brought to you by IBEW Local 640, the best electricians in the world. Well, this is getting more difficult each week with the way the NFL season is playing out, but it is time for our Week 7 edition of the NFL Power Pool. And so, Wolf, I will start us off right here with number five. Number five. It doesn't matter how how low I bought the, the audio. The numbers are louder than anything that we air on this radio station. Yeah. Right. Number five was tough because, to me, there are three really good teams in the NFL, and then there are, like, 12 other okay teams, and then there's the rest of the league. Uh, number five, I'm going to go, even though they just lost, and I don't like them, maybe this will lead to them losing more because it seems to be the case. I'm going to go with Dallas. Wow. Okay, yeah. Dallas. That's not bad right there. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys, they do have legendary defense, although they didn't look so legendary in their last game. Okay, I'm going to go number five. This kind of hurts me to do it, but the Minnesota Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings at number five right now. Kevin O'Connell, of course, is their head coach. Um, He took an approach very similar to what the Arizona Cardinals did here. Key players saw little to no action whatsoever in the preseason. Um, They didn't have a lot of physical practices at all. There was a new scheme that actually was being installed, of course, and he didn't go out and rep it out and have a very physical training camp. And 21 of their 22 starters have made every start, and they're 5-1. That must be nice. Think about that for a minute, all right? 
What? What is that? Okay, don't lose it right here. The Minnesota Vikings at 5-1. and one. Number five. Hey, why is Minnesota so good? Well, let's see. They beat Detroit. Uh, they beat Chicago. They beat uh, New Orleans. Oh, oh, and they get to actually have their players on the floor. They don't have to have just like a bunch of practice squad guys playing for them. Uh, yeah, must be nice. Minnesota five and one. I I just I don't know what it's going to take to get me to trust them <laughs> because I trust their receiving core and I trust their running backs, but I, I'm probably going to need to see it like. I don't know. Who do they have this week? Nobody. And then Arizona and then Washington. You know, if they beat Buffalo on November 13th, I'll believe it. You know what's incredible? Um, there are 12 teams that have three wins in the National Football League right now. Yeah. Three and three. Three, two, and one. Yeah. You get it. Yeah. Yeah. 12 teams. That's, That's a lot. That, that is. And there's six like, in the NFC. Six in the, the AFC. The fact that there's only one undefeated team, uh, even six weeks in, is, is surprising to me. All right. Here we go. Number four. <laughs> number four. Four. All right. Number four, Wolf. This was kind of a struggle, too. My general rule is, like, Minnesota's five and one. Anybody I'm going to put ahead of them has to be four and two. You can't be any worse than that. I'll give you one game lead way because it could just be who you play. So I'm going to go with the Chargers at number four. Not exactly an inspiring victory over the Broncos on Monday night, but they uh, but they are four and two on the season. And I thought they'd be good before the start of the year, and they seem like they actually are legitimately decent, which is good enough this year. <laughs> okay, number four, the number of the world, Basinonians, of course. Um, I'm going to go with the New York Giants. Yeah, can't do that either. Yeah, five and one New York Giants right now. You know what's amazing about this right now? That they're five and one. Who's the head coach of the New York Giants? Brian Dable, Is who should be the MVP of Dable, Dable, Dable. Right now, what he is doing um, is truly incredible. The New York Giants are winning games because they line up and they just pound you in the face. They just run over you. That's what they say. Quan, can you say Quan? Um, right now, think about this. The adjustments that Brian Dable is making with Saquon in the second half, they have outscored opponents 87 to 49 in the second half. Those are called adjustments, of course. Now, they happen during the entire length of the game. But right now, um... 87 to 49 in the second half. That looks like Brian Dayball has got these guys locked in. I'm going to pick them number four at five and one. Yeah, I, I really can't argue with that. Like I said, I want to. They just beat Baltimore, so it's not a matter of them not beating any good teams. I just, I, I don't. I don't know. It's not that I don't trust it. I trust them more than Minnesota. They are a bigger surprise to me, though. Uh, here we go at number three. Number three. Three. All right, number three. I admittedly think is better than my number two team. Wolf, but I'm, I, I, you know, they're four and two now. I, I have the Kansas City Chiefs at number three. I have the Kansas City Chiefs at number three as well. All right, so that okay. worked out pretty well. And still though, one drive away from probably being number one. I'm just saying. Still, right. I'm looking at them with a skeptical eye right now. Okay? But still, number three. All right, number two. Number two. Number two, I have the Philadelphia Eagles. 6-0 and on the season. 
Uh, I do wonder if the league's going to catch up to them, although I also think Nick Sirianni's done a pretty good job of adjusting and adding things to this offense over the course of the season and their schedule going forward. They have a couple high school teams. I think they play a couple Pop Warner teams. Like They don't play anybody now for a while. So this undefeated run could stay for another four, five, six weeks, if uh, at least on paper. But 6-0, um, and oh, good enough for number two this year because the number one team, to me, looks borderline unstoppable. Okay, that is good right there, Luke. Um, okay, my number two you cannot talk about unless you talk about number one as well. So that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, I did it. I put the Philadelphia Eagles at 6-0 and at number one. Ooh. I did. Okay. Here, um, wait. Let me give you the sounder. Number one. Numero uno. Unbelievable. Kills the drama. They deserve that, that right now. Seriously. They went out and they've won six games in a row. And when I watched them on tape, I was like, man, boy, they, they do everything well. They throw the ball well. They run the ball well. They protect well. They score points. Um, the defense is really, really scrappy. They do everything well in the secondary for the most part, shutting down your pass defense. They get after the quarterback. They rush. They do everything well. There's one thing, and it's in between the tackles, specifically running the ball in a north-south fashion. That's the only Achilles heel, so to speak, that I see with the Philadelphia Eagles. So they're 6-0, and and that's the only little blemish I see. Believe what you see on tape, because they're talented. They got guys who can get it done in all three phases, offensively, defensively, and special teams. And because of that, the Eagles are number one, and the Bills are number two, a close number two. But number two, nonetheless. All right, so I would just uh, I would piggyback off that and say the only other blemish that the Eagles have is that they are not the Buffalo Bills. And as much as they are six and zero, and I believe in the six and zero, and it's I don't think it's a joke. I don't think any of that. Their schedule I don't think has been easy. It's going to get easy. If you told me that the Bills and Eagles are playing tomorrow in the Super Bowl. There's no way I'm going against the Bills. And the Eagles are legit. I mean, and that might be the Super Bowl, honestly. That may very well be the Super Bowl. I was listening to something the other day, and they were, um, they were. I think it was the Bill Simmons podcast. They were looking seven weeks in last year what it looked like the Super Bowl was going to be. Yeah. And it was Bills Cardinals, and obviously neither one of those teams made it to the uh, sure. Super Bowl. We're going primetime this week as we're giving you the chance to win tickets to both the Suns home opener this Wednesday and Thursday night football. So text primetime to 620-620 and listen for your name all day. Plus one lucky winner each day is going to win their choice of a Devin Booker jersey or a DeAndre Hopkins jersey. That's primetime to 620-620 when we come back. Cam Johnson did not get his extension, but he's ready for the start of the season tonight. We'll get into that next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The primetime giveaway from Arizona Sports. Time for your primetime giveaway qualifier, and it is Christian Klett from Gilbert. Christian, you have 10 minutes to call 602-260-9870 to get your tickets to the Suns Home Opener and tickets to Thursday Night Football. If Christian doesn't call within 10 minutes, then we'll open the phone lines to somebody else. And if you didn't hear your name, you have one more chance at winning by texting primetime to 620-620 and listen for your name during Burns and Gambo today. Once again, Christian Klett from Gilbert, you have 10 minutes to call 602-260-9870. Sunday, presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 
I'll tell you, Wolf, our promotions department getting it done with that one where you get to go to the Suns home opener against Dallas and then you get to go to Cardinal Saints tomorrow and you get your choice of the Devin Booker or DeAndre Hopkins jersey, which I think this week in particular is a tough choice with Hopkins coming back. No, that is big time right there. Well done, Anthony. Uh, All right, back to the Suns, as it is Suns Day. You just heard it right there. Cam Johnson, yesterday, he's going to hear some questions about a contract extension, but they're probably, I'm guessing, going to end when this game starts tonight, which he may very well be welcoming. He talked about that yesterday. Kind of just moving on. Uh, Either way, I'm excited to play this year. Uh, It doesn't change anything about what's going on now. It doesn't change my approach. Um, You know, I was excited for the season for many reasons, and the contract doesn't necessarily figure into that. Uh, in terms of change. But, I mean, obviously, I, I would have loved to come to a conclusion. Uh, you know, I love it here. I tell you guys that every time. Um, but, you know, the, the fact of the matter is I'm here for this year, and that's what I'm focused on. And I'm excited. we got a good group. We've had a good group. And, you know, we want to win a championship. And that's our goal, and it starts with today's practice every day from now until the end of the season. Wow, Christian already called in to get those uh, tickets. Ooh. It took uh, let's Man, see, how long was that, that cut? Is... Thirty six seconds. Christian's like, "Give me well, my that's tickets." Beautiful, right there. Yeah. You nice know what work, else Christian. is beautiful too is just listening to Cam Johnson. This is can you can you feel the maturity and the sincerity in what he's saying right now? I remember interviewing him towards the end of his rookie year, and he was like, "No, this is home to me." Like I was born somewhere else. I grew up there. I liked where I, you know, where I grew up in Pittsburgh. I liked it, but uh, but no, this is home to me. And uh, and now that was a couple of years ago. I mean, look, Wolf, this is going to be a very interesting negotiation next off season, depending how the season goes. Because sure. he's got the leverage in the sense of they obviously believe in him. They just made him a starter. Yes, but they have the leverage in the sense that he'll only be an RFA. Yes, right. And right now, I think he's just being so mature about it, understanding why the Suns are in this predicament right now with the ownership group and the sale of the team that is going on right now, all the uncertainty that is out there. Um, You know what? I I just think he understands that if he goes out and plays, everything will take care of itself. Whether he's here or not, everything will take care of itself. It's just a very mercenary-like approach to something that you should be doing in a mercenary-type league. And that is saying, you know what, I'm going to go out there, I'm going to play as hard as I possibly can, I'm going to focus on what I'm doing, because that's the best way to be a good teammate. That's the best way to actually go out and help us win. It's for me to focus on how I play. Do your job. I don't have to like you. Just do your job. Well, and everyone likes Cam. He, he, they do, and he doesn't have to... He, this is a weird way to say this, but he's not dealing with the pressure of playing for a max deal. You know what I mean? Nobody's looking at Cam Johnson saying, oh, he's going to get max money. I don't think Cam Johnson's looking at Cam Johnson saying, I'm going to get max money. But he's going to get paid. And uh, and he talked about how the negotiations weren't necessarily stressful. Not really. Um, you know, it, negotiations are interesting, and especially when ownership is unclear. Extremely interesting. Um, and, you know, once you see that the situation is what it is, you can get over it relatively quickly and, and just be excited for opportunities that are presented in front of you. First of all, I applaud Cam for using the word interesting after I, I overused it yesterday. <laughs> it was the word of the day. It was. Interesting. Yeah. Everything was interesting. It's kind of like me when I say unbelievable. Yeah. Everyone, they, they go ahead and they tweet me, they email me, they say, is anything believable? Because I say unbelievable <laughs> so much of the time. And you were saying inter- interesting yesterday, the way I was saying unbelievable. Well, I feel good about 
about the fact that uh, halfway across town, Cam Johnson was also apparently saying interesting a lot. But what he said in there, Wolf, about ownership being uncertain, yeah, that I'm imagining does affect negotiations, which again, I'm wondering if that's going to affect negotiations when this gets a little more pressure packed in the offseason. I don't have to care about it now. He doesn't have to either. And there's no way of knowing. But uh, except you yesterday seemed pretty confident ownership will be taken care of by next yeah, July. I do, man. Right. Honestly, it made me right feel now. better. I don't, know. I don't think there's any doubt about it. I think people are going to be knocking each other over. Billionaires are going to be fighting to buy this team. That's what I think. Make it like a reality show. Like, oh let's my get goodness! Eighteen people that want to buy the Suns. Yeah. Yes, they have to. Inter- we'll, we'll vet them on the air here. <laughs> And okay. then if, if we do, in each week we'll eliminate like three. Yeah. All right. Okay. That way we'll get. I it. doubt that will work. But you know what's interesting oh, about <laughs> Cam Johnson? What was interesting about what he said right there is just a very mature approach to what is going on. He understands it. Yeah. And I'm sure Monty Williams and James Jones have reached out and had a conversation with him. Maybe they didn't talk to D.A., <laughs> but they're certainly going to talk to Cam Johnson. I'm saying that totally in jest. Here's, since you brought up Monty, here's uh, Monty's thoughts on the situation. Same way I felt with D.A., you know, you want to do everything you can to, if, if possible, without manipulating the game and your program. But you want to see those guys perform well so that they can get paid. Um, my job is, is in, in part, a small part, is to help guys get paid. And um, I try my best to put guys in, in situations in our program, hopefully develop guys so that they can make that amount of money that they want to make. So when he didn't come to an agreement, I, I didn't see it as a bad thing. Um, I just thought to myself, well, I hope you put yourself into the money you want. That's the way I look at it. And um, I think he's more than capable of doing that. Tell you what, look at the guys that Monty is coaching that are getting paid. Devin Booker gets the super max. I mean, yeah. he probably would have done that with me coaching the team. I'm Devin Chris Booker, Paul do you doing? Yeah, he paid pretty well. Yeah, <laughs> DeAndre Ayton did get his uh, his, he his, got max his max deal. Uh, Mikael Bridges got paid. Cam Johnson's going to get paid. What is? I think it's seven teams in the NBA in the luxury tax right now. Yes, or maybe that was last year. Yeah. This, you have to go into the luxury tax to win now. Because look at the Suns. This is a contender. I, I think I'm higher on them than a lot of people are. I think they're a legitimate title contender. Vegas says they're number six. Yeah. Vegas, baby. And, and nobody's even talking about them nationally. They're not not that, oh, they're overrated. They're just not even on the radar. But uh, but to be there, they've had to develop their own guys, basically, other than Chris Paul. And you got to pay those guys if you want to keep them. Yeah. And what I love is just uh, Monty Williams as well. Just uh, the fact he wants to see these guys do well. He wants to coach them and take that responsibility upon upon his shoulders to actually allow them to go out and get a bag of money. <laughs> that is, that's acknowledgement of the mercenary league that I continue to talk about and the mercenary mindset that you've got to have. Focus on yourself, do your job, and that's the best way to love and support your teammates. Focus on yourself, do your job, support them in their ups and their downs, but you... You are a mercenary, and the best way to be one is to focus on you. I like that money deals in reality to the point where I'm sure as a coach going into game one, you don't want to talk about your players' contracts. But at the same time, let's deal with the reality of the situation. Yeah. He does. He's like, yeah, part yeah. of my job, if I'm doing my job, these guys are going to get paid. I want to play this cut for you, too, because you wanted it before. This is Devin Booker uh, on the game tonight. Everybody will make it something more than right. it is. Um, 
you know, obviously be nice to win, but, you know, it's one out of 82. You know, it just happened to be the team that we got put out by. People are going to be coming in and saying revenge game, but whether we win by 30, lose by 30, we still have 81 more games to go. Um, so maybe later in the season, if we match up against again, each other again in the playoffs, that would be something. But, you know, we obviously want to win, but I don't think it should be what everybody wants it hyped up to be. Man, I love that right there. The juxtaposition of Devin Booker and what he said with the juxtaposition of Camp Johnson, of course, and what he said. I I love that right there. The maturity, the smoldering maturity of Book and then the youth of Camp Johnson. More on this as the show unfolds. Yeah, look, Book's right, uh, and, and that's how you need to approach it if you're playing. But Wolf, as I said yesterday... I want my vengeance on Dallas Mavericks. (laughs) So hopefully they're able to pull this off tonight. All right, we come back. The Saints offense is in a little bit of upheaval as well. So how is Vance Joseph approaching tomorrow night's game? It's the Wolf and Luke Show on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.